1: 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture, and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. G'day and welcome to today's 2020 podcast. I'm Matt G's, and just a reminder, you can hear the full show of 2020 every weekday on the Vision Radio Network in the West from 8, in Queensland from 10, and in the Eastern Daylight Saving States from 11. On today's podcast, we're hearing about The Flying Bible Man. You know, Australia is such a vast country with plenty of space to cover, and it's often difficult to navigate your way into every small outback town or city, and often it means thinking outside of the box when it comes to transport. The Bible Society of Australia has the goal of translating, publishing, distributing, and engaging people with the Bible. And when it comes to doing this in outback Australia, it takes a special kind of person to be able to do it. David Curtis is living out this commitment by flying in and out of many remote communities across the Northern Territory and Western Australia. He's known as the Flying Bible Man. His plane is clearly branded with the Bible Society's logo, and he's regularly able to connect people from a variety of denominations in a variety of places with the best-selling book of all time. David joined us to talk a little bit more about his work for the Bible Society, and I asked him a little about the Bible Society's passion for Outback Australia and how what he does is connecting people with the Bible.
0: Yeah well the involvement in um, Outback Australia with Bible Society goes back uh, many years the very early days of Bible Society Um, people used to move around as they could um, but just this week we've been able to come back from Albany where they celebrated a 100 year anniversary for their Bible Society Action Committee in raising funds particularly for the work of Bible Society. And at that dinner, I was able to meet uh, Trevor Booth, who back in the late 60s started the ministry of uh, Flying Bible Men. And he was able to um, grab an aircraft and then start to travel out to some of the indigenous communities that were a bit far out to drive and uh, reach in other ways. And from there, it's um, the ministry's grown. Um, it grew into being able to purchase their own aircraft. And there's been a number of flying Bible people uh, before I've taken over last year. And Trevor's actually uh, written a book, and it's at the publishers at the moment, which has got a fantastic history of, of the work of Bible Society in Indigenous Australia.
1: What led you into taking on the role as the flying Bible man then, David?
0: Uh, very early days as a child, like anybody else, I had a, an interest in aviation, When I was seven, I went for a joy flight in the plane and thought that was pretty cool. But through my teenage years, I I had a burning desire to to do something for God. And obviously, I was interested in aviation. And uh, it wasn't until many, many years later that I got to realize the dream of bringing together, serving God and flying and also having a heart for indigenous people.
1: And from there, you know, well, what sort of led you into the Bible Society? That's an unusual sort of area to take because it's not exactly what you'd think of first when it comes to an outback flying ministry is the Bible Society.
0: Yeah, well, it was probably a surprise to me as I learned that um, the Bible Society did have an aircraft. But I'm very passionate about people having their own access to God's Word and to discover um, a personal relationship with Jesus through the Bible. And seeing that I could be involved in that type of ministry and, and learning that the Bible Society had an aircraft and that they were needing somebody to take over the ministry was uh, something that we were very excited about, as, a, as not just as an individual, but as a family. Mm, okay.
1: So what exactly do you do then, David? What does the Flying Bible Men do?
0: Um, it conjures up a lot of different images in people's minds, but primarily we visit Um, indigenous communities and find out what Bible Society can do to help resource them in their ministry so we work a lot with um, people that are in missions in remote communities but particularly indigenous uh, ministers and local Christians to find out what resources that we have um, that would be helpful or what resources could we develop to help people grow in their Christian faith. We have mission partners that um, do the Bible translation. So we work very closely with them to make sure that where translation is happening or has happened, that people in the communities know that we have scripture resources available in your language. We have um, audio recording in your language. All of these different things so that people know and can start to use those resources that are available or that... um, You know, there's things that we can start to develop um, and produce that'll be helpful as well.
1: It's interesting when you think about that, because so often we hear about Bible translation for countries overseas. Uh, We hear about audio recordings in people's own language for places far, far away from Australia. But here you are offering these very same things to the indigenous people of Australia so that they can hear God's word in their own language. That excites me.
0: It excites us too. <laughs> That's why we work um, very closely with our mission partners so that that work continues um, to have momentum and that uh, reaches out to people. It's um, it's quite hard to describe in, in a way that people understand, but to give you a bit of a picture, when I travel to a number of different communities, there's often times where people have English as their third or fourth language, or there's other times when I need to speak through a translator to communicate with a local person that um, has never actually communicated in English at all. Wow,
1: and, and what's that been like for you? Has it been a bit of a, a learning curve?
0: Uh, certainly has been a learning curve. I guess what's helped me in this position is that I worked for uh, 15 years with Indigenous people. Um, previously, we lived and worked um, in communities, but also um, I was employed by the government to deliver programs. So. I had that background of being able to work closely with Indigenous people, so that's been quite helpful. Um, but, yeah, as with any role that you're new to, um, there's always a bit of a learning curve.
1: And now, you previously have worked for, for the Mission Aviation Fellowship as well. As you said, yeah, you, know, you spent a lot of years working in Indigenous communities, and, and part of that was part of your time with MAF. How different was the work with MAF to what you're doing now with the Bible Society?
0: I didn't actually fly with MAF, so I was um, coordinating flights, more of an operational sort of a role. But again, it gave me a really good foundation. Uh, The role was based in Alice Springs, but the aircraft were flying out to communities in uh, South Australia, Western Australia, and throughout the Territory. So it gave me a really good understanding of where communities are and uh, what language they speak and what the people are like. Um, so I look back at those times, it's uh, been fantastic again, foundation to do what I'm doing now.
1: And when you say we, uh, who actually heads out with you? Do you go off by yourself for, for a couple of days at a time doing a few different communities or is it sort of fly out of Darwin to one community one day, come back to Darwin, then do another one another day?
0: Uh, there's quite a mixture. There's no real set um, exact science program. Um, So sometimes it's myself traveling out to a community, um, knowing that the community wants to get access to some resources. So I'll load up the plane with Bibles and um, DVDs and and other helpful materials and go out for a day or two. At other times, we might um, partner with um, people like CWCI, Christian Women Communicating Internationally, and we'll have a couple of their speakers and we'll travel around to different um, towns and communities where they're engaged to have meetings um, at night um, and doing some Bible teaching and at the same time we'll make uh, resources available during those meetings. Um, other times we might travel out with mission partners. Um, recently we travelled out with Ausville out to a, an Indigenous convention where we're both able to work with the people during the, the weekend. Um, so it's, there's such a variety of different things um, like I said, sometimes by myself, sometimes with others.
1: David, stick around. I'd love to continue the, the conversation and maybe touch on some of the stories, the first-hand experiences you've had with working in the uh, the different communities across the Northern Territory, and and the way that the Bible Society has been able to help those communities. Okay. you on 2020 and we're chatting to David Curtis. He is based in Northern Territory in Darwin for the Bible Society. He's known as the Flying Bible Man, reaching out to Aboriginal communities across the Northern Territory through the Bible Society and helping them with resources and access to resources. David, you said you've been in the job now for probably about 18 months or so. Over that time, what are some of the stories that you've collected, some of the people you've talked to, and some of the things that keeps you going in this job?
0: I guess I have the privilege to be able to meet Christians on the ground and just see the, the general sense of enthusiasm that they have when they can access materials. I remember um, travelling out to a community out in Western Australia, and there was what we'd call grandmothers, I guess, all lining up, and they wanted to get material, DVDs, books for their grandchildren because they wanted to pass on their Christian faith to their grandchildren. And we often take that for granted in in our country where someone can just pop down to the local Christian bookstore, but I realized on that day just how important it was being there and being able to provide those grandmothers with the materials that they needed to be able to share the faith with the children. And um, that excites me, um, you know, to see that sort of thing firsthand, knowing that those children can grow up with a knowledge and understanding of, you know, God's love and, and the hope that that provides for them and in their community. Another time I travelled out um, early this year out to Walbury Country at a place called Lajumanu, and... We had this idea of of doing a recording of some story. And one of the ladies that we worked with out there had decided that we could um, record the parable of the sower. So we've got this one chapter to record. And it took us about three days to get this 10-minute segment read and to a a point where they were happy with it. And when that was finalized, uh, a few weeks later, that lady had come back into Darwin um, to catch up with me and she'd, she'd painted the story of the parable of the sower and we are able to use that for the cover of the DVD. But to me it was just um, incredible to see her reading this story in her language and then following on from that, describing the story to us in picture form doing a a piece of artwork and it really captures you know the four different soils in that story and she was so excited to be involved in this project and and wants to continue on and and record more and more parts of their written scriptures in their language in an audio format that people in the community can listen to and it's projects like that that really drive us on and, and make us um, want to be out in the communities, listening to them, and finding out what resources they want us to develop. And uh, obviously, in this case, um, they were so excited to have some audio of their Bible, and uh, then they can listen to those stories, and um, without the ability to be able to read them. And it's that that really is really encouraging.
1: David, uh, you've also, I guess got a, a kind of unique position there and when you rock up on an airstrip somewhere, people know exactly who you are. You've got the Bible Society logo on your plane and and, and people are generally going to know, yeah, you're here for a particular purpose. What do you see as that? Is it uh, very much an evangelism tool or do you see it more as a a way of helping others disciple people in their Christian faith?
0: Uh, I think there's two elements to it. I guess we don't um come with a a heavy-handed approach that okay we're we're going to get on our soapbox and start preaching. We're very much working with existing Christians and resourcing them and encouraging them in their faith to be able to share that with others. Um, given the area that we cover, like we cover right across the top end, Western Australia through the Territory and throughout Queensland, Cape York, Torres Straits, it's often not possible to spend you know three or four days or a week in each place. So we often have very limited time that we can spend with people. So to maximise our time being there, to find Christians and to encourage them and to equip them to be able to share their faith and help others grow is um, the best investment that we see that we can make.
1: Tell us also a little bit about uh, some of the particular resources. I see that the Bible Society has got a thing called God's Story for the Outback, where it sort of uh, introduces kids to God's story, if you like.
0: Yeah, so that was something that was developed um, a few years ago, and it's been extremely popular and well-received. There's 48 key Bible stories in that book, um, and it's got the text, it's got um, a heading of the story, it's got a an outline picture of um, the story itself and we've been able to use that with um, pencils for kids to colour in to be able to explain stories to them, teach them that it's from the Bible, which part of the Bible it's from and then there's an interactive part where they're colouring the pictures in while they're listening to the story. Um, That initially was in English but it's actually been translated into a number of different languages with more on the list to have it translated into their language. So again it's been a way that we can introduce young children um to the bible before they're actually at an age where they can read a bible for themselves
1: mm. it must be difficult though sometimes uh, the distance you've got to cover uh, as part of your work uh, do you find that you then realize that it is such a big country that that God's own great southland of the holy spirit is pretty vast
0: uh, yeah, indeed. Um, just recently I took our plane from um, Mariba, where it was getting maintained by MAF and I flew through the centre and ended up in Albany for the event that I mentioned before. And it was 15 hours of being in the air and just to see the vastness of the country and to be there for a couple of hours where you know, there's just nobody lives <laughs> in part of this country, you just realise how large and uh, remote some of those places really are out there.
1: And how does that to interpret your own faith? You know, Do you find yourself closer to God in the air or on the ground or, or somewhere in between?
0: Well, you know, aviation is one of those areas that, um, like many aspects of life, that has its risks. So I guess um, you're relying on God very much for your safety. So I feel very much at peace when I'm flying and know that at the beginning of every flight when I I pray and commit the flight to God, knowing that he's there with me in the plane as we face different challenges um, with the aircraft or weather um, so it does i guess strengthen your faith to know that God is there with you, um, particularly at those more challenging moments, but also just seeing the beauty of the country like we um, to see the the difference in landscape and and the difference in weather and, and you know the other day I flew um, over the top of Ayers Rock and then later on I was down where the paddocks are green and then I was in the red dust like this the mix in this one country is just amazing
1: the the images are just dancing through my head at the moment mm-hmm. David just the, the vastness and the the contrast in Australia that I just love so much yeah. it is fantastic to talk to you and, and I hope we can we can catch up again some other time and, and continue the conversation about some of the people you've met and some of the ways that you've been able to um, provide resources to Christian communities that normally wouldn't. But one question I'd, I'd like you to answer for me just as we finish off. If people are listening to this, yeah, you know, Vision Radio is right across Australia. We're up in the, the far reaches of the Kimberleys and in the um, middle and the heart of Arnhem Land. And There may be people who are listening and saying, hey, that's exactly what I need. I need to get in touch with this bloke and and find out how I can get resources to my community.
0: Yeah, sure. By all means, um, get in touch with us. We can best way to do that through the Bible Society website, um, or specifically, there's the Flying Bible Man website. So www.flyingbibleman.com or the Bible Society website www.biblesociety.org.au.
1: And of course, uh, we'll post those links up onto our website. So if people want to check us out and find out a little bit more about you and the work the Bible Society is doing. Hopefully we'll be able to connect them up.
0: Excellent. Sounds great. And thanks very much for your time.
1: Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts. Or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.